Good evening, Supreme Master Ching Hai, ladies and gentlemen. A very well welcome to you on behalf of the Singapore Initiates. I'd like to thank the Supreme Master for being here and kindly accepting our invitation to come to Singapore to deliver tonight's lecture. As a token of appreciation, we would like to welcome her with three local dancers as follows. The first is called the Malay Welcome Dance. The performers from the Malay village will treat you to a colorful dance that represents the vibrant Malay culture. The dancers will enthrall you with their graceful movements accompanied by the Malay drum called the Kompang. Let's put our hands together and welcome them.
you. Terima kasih. The next dance is called the Bangra dance, which originated from Punjab, India. It's a dance of joy and celebration during the harvest season. The Punjabis will beat their drums and wear colorful costumes to add to the festive season. It is my great pleasure to invite Supreme Master to give us a lecture.
now we would like to present masters with flowers and fruits. Please notice that these are vegetarian children and they are very healthy and happy. Thank you. Also, you may not see them, but the parents are also vegetarian. We have a lot of adult disciples presenting Master with Flowers and Fruits today, and they include Singaporeans as well as disciples from Taiwan, Indonesia, Los Angeles, Germany, and Thailand. Oh. We can open a flower shop. Where do these flowers come from? I thought they don't grow them in Singapore, do they? Do they? They do? Do we have land in Singapore to grow flowers? So now you know <laughs> what it's like to sit here. You can have fruits and flowers and sit alone. <laughs> Now I would like to invite the fellow initiate to tell us about her experiences. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Shirley Sito, and I'm a manager in a local bank. As a Kwan Yin initiate, I'm very happy tonight to be given the opportunity to share my experiences with you. I'll touch on how being on this path has made a difference to my family life and instances where my inner meditative encounters have left an indelible mark on me. I was initiated in Taiwan. During initiation and while in meditation, I was suddenly bombarded by a strong pulsating light aimed at my third eye. I had to steal myself as the force was so strong and overwhelming. In fact, I thought that I was about to topple backwards. The light seemed endless. I heard beautiful sounds, one after another, as if playing a melody of its own. My husband and I enjoy a close relationship. Now I'd like to relate my experience, which helped me understand the basis for this close closeness. One night, after a good meditation session, while lying down, I found myself transported back into what seemed 
like the Middle East during medieval times. As if looking into a crystal ball, I saw a sword-wielding man with a prominent moustache, whom I knew intuitively as my husband. Following this, the scene changed quickly, and I found myself looking at what seemed to be ancient China. This I know to the garb of the man. This time, it was a scholarly-looking man with the same trademark. He had a prominent moustache. If you look at my husband today, you'll notice his moustache. He has the bearing of a Chinese scholar and a fondness for swords. It seemed as if my meditation has allowed me to see into the past. And now I understand that the continuation of our relationship has been through many lifetimes. On other occasions, while lying down after meditation, I felt my body grew lighter and the room lost its validity and became ephemeral. In the next instant, I was catapulted into this long, bright tunnel. At the end of it, I found that I have arrived in a strange land, all peaceful and quiet. I had also the opportunity to fly in what seemed to be a flying carpet, to see strange cities, to all white and glowing. I sense a profound peace there. There are many more instances in which the blessing of the Master has been keenly felt by both myself and my family, but I will not dwell on them because it will take too long. Suffice to say that on this path, we are, both, we are blessed with both outer and inner experiences. Master's power indeed works in a mysterious way beyond our human intellect. I'd like to sincerely thank Master Jenghai for initiating me and my family. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Master and here's the moustache. May we welcome Master Cheng Hai to give us a lecture now. Uh. Ah, now it's my turn. Mm. Thank you so much for everything. Flower, fruit, cakes, for yourself. <laughs> and thank you for the beautiful dance. Are they all from Malaysia? Oi! Hello. Are they from Malaysia or Singapore? Imported or export? Imported. Huh? Singapore, really. Nice. How are you? You comfortable? Yeah? Okay. It's beautiful in Singapore, anyhow. No complaint. The weather is so fine. Just perfect. And you like the dance, huh? You do? Ah. I didn't know Singapore people can dance so nice like that. <laughs> the only time I saw Singapore people dance uh, last time there was some something like a workout time in Singapore, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> and they were wearing short pants <laughs> and sweating. <laughs> and I thought it was very nice already. I didn't think it could be so nice like this. Uh, before, before I came to the lecture, 
some mysterious angel without wings bought me some clothes, you know, like one similar to the dancers, you know. Uh, and uh, they thought they they uh, was I expressed the wish that I should wear them because uh, here uh, uh, how you say the Malaysian people wear like that. Yes, I said I thought I'm in Singapore. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, but, but we are Malaysian here. You know, you wear Malaysian clothes and people will like it better. I said, sure, sure, I would like to. I'd love to do that. And uh, and. Uh, and to make sure that I know how to wear, you know, because there's hat and cap and all this kind of thing. To make sure that I know how to wear them, they even bought me a big book of catalog, you know, all different design for marriage couples. <laughs> and they are all so beautiful. When I look at the catalog, I thought, wow, this is beautiful. I would like to wear too. And uh, just to make uh, people feel also closer to me. <laughs> that I'm one of you. Okay, I tried on to please you. But you know, you know my size, yeah? <laughs> you know my size, yeah? Even with, even they lift me in the air like that, you hardly see me. <laughs> Makes not much difference. <laughs> luckily, luckily we have the tall guy, you know? <laughs> and when they put me on, on their shoulder, then you can have a little glimpse otherwise. You probably cannot find <laughs> where where is the Qinghai. <laughs> okay, so you know my size pretty well. Now, they bought me a perhaps queen size clothes. You know, I don't know if the Malaysian don't make a smaller size or what. So they bought me the bottom and the top. Okay, the bottom is so long. So when I put them on, I look like you know those uh, scarecrow <laughs> on the on the field. You know. <clears throat> and then the, the top, when I put them on, because the shoulder pad so big and so large, I look like a mushroom. <laughs> oh, so I thought, what can I do now? <laughs> Even if to please the Malaysian people, <laughs> I cannot go on like that. <laughs> because I look at the catalogue, they look so beautiful. And when I look at myself, I thought, no, if I wear it like this, I will risk to damage the reputation of Malaysian custom. <laughs> so I thought I better just uh, just wear this. <laughs> so just to make you laugh for a little while. But you don't laugh, it's not funny. <laughs> Laughing is good for you, you know. <laughs> Especially in Singapore people need it. <laughs> mm. I, I will go into the serious business immediately, so don't worry. So what do you want to hear? Huh? Any idea? No. <laughs> if you don't want to hear, then we could just sit together like this and <laughs> stare at each other, you know. <laughs> People do that. <laughs> People do that when they first fall in love, don't they? <laughs> first time they meet each other, they just stare at each other like that. And after marriage, ten years, they stare also, but different direction. <laughs> hmm. 
I see you, I forget everything. <laughs> That's a trouble. Now when you saw me coming with all this uh, sedan chair, hmm? you probably think I am a very great person. But in fact, I'm very small. That's why I had to be lifted so high. <laughs> ah, the level, <laughs> my level is <laughs> about one meter fifty. <laughs> Even though the Buddha is supposed to be very tall. Mm. You're too so serious, you scare me. <laughs> it's not the first time you see me, no? Hmm? First time? Yes? No. No. I came here two times before. No? Nobody saw me before? Somebody see me before? Raise their hands. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, all friends. <laughs> We have been uh, seeing each other many times. Mm? And you know, I love Singapore mm. because of the reclaimed land. <laughs> it's unique. <laughs> when, when, when we were driving, you know, on the, the way here, it's uh, wonderful to feel that, you know, like before it's supposed to be a sea, and now, due to the cleverness of the Singapore people, you can drive on top of the water. <laughs> so who say that we don't have magical power? Mm. The Singapore people do, they must, <laughs> otherwise they don't have enough land. <laughs> and I think it's fantastic that you, after sowing all the mountains down, <laughs> you even <laughs> dig the water, dig the ocean and make it... Uh, uh, a highway, you know. <laughs> this is fantastic. And I was saying to uh, our friend who drive the car that uh, it's okay to be small, you know, like me. <laughs> Don't have to, <laughs> because we were talking about big country, yeah? And I said, oh, Singapore is beautiful, it's small, it's, it's beautiful. And he said something like, we try to expand, you know, to make it bigger. Just like this afternoon when I tried the Malaysian outfit, I tried to expand myself, <laughs> to fit into it. <laughs> and so we were talking about the country, country size, and I say, no, maybe Singapore is small, that's why it's easy to govern, and that's why you develop so fast, and it's the envy of uh, many nations. So we should not always consider the size, whether it's big or small. The same, same thing happened to the spiritual life. Many people uh, expect that the enlightened persons ought to be enlightened. That uh, being must be something extraordinary, must be perhaps uh, seven feet tall, or have uh, feet like this or hand like that, <laughs> because we read the sutras, the, uh, in the Sutra, the Buddhist Bible, it described that the Buddha has such and such a mark, you know, like his feet, uh, you know, linked together like the duck, you know. <laughs> uh, his leg looked like the, 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 I'll say the, the deer's leg, and, and his eye looked like a cow's eye, thing like that, you know. <laughs> and they tried to make the Buddha beautiful, but 
can you, if you put all this together, it's make a funny Buddha, you know. <laughs> they don't realize that. Perhaps in the old time, these uh, kings of animals are the best symbol of uh, beauty, yes, and uh, a, a noble, a noble character. That's why people try to uh, convey to the, the one who loved the Buddha, try to convey to others that he is so beautiful, like, you know, the way he walked like the king of of goose, yeah, and uh, his chest is like the lion, and his and uh, certain such and such things, yeah. But when you put all these animal parts together, you know, you, you don't know what kind of Buddha that is. <laughs> now this is the out, outside only, and the inside of us, each one is the same. I think all of you know that. But how same? And how can we know that? And this is a difficult question. Even though it is very, very easy, but it is difficult. Because we have forgotten it, that's all. We have forgotten completely what we really are, and we are busy with chasing our dream every day and trying to fulfill our immediate desires, and we forget. We forget what we really are and where we come from. Just to tell you how forgetful we can be, i tell you a true story of myself. I went to Australia, I think two or three years ago, also due to invitation, the first time. And we're supposed to have three lectures in different cities. The first lecture went on all right, no problem. The second lecture, also all right, I was on time. The third lecture, I was late. The only reason is not traffic, it's not that I slept, it's not that uh, I have no car or nothing. The reason, the only reason is that I forgot. <laughs> I forgot that I, I have the lecture that, that evening. I keep doing my, my, my things. You know, like the, the room is a little bit untidy, so I keep tidying it up and then I try to move things here and there, like it's my house. <laughs> Perhaps uh, it's balanced, my schedule, busy schedule, give me something to do. Perhaps so, or perhaps I'm a perfectionist. Whenever I see something it's not in order, I try to put it in order. But that is to the extent that I forget that I had the lecture that evening. I forget until half an hour after the beginning time. And then some uh, nervous <laughs> disciple run in, broke in, <laughs> kind of crash in, and say, Master, where are you? <laughs> and then I say, why? I'm here. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I say, Master, you're supposed to be <laughs> in the lecture hall. I say, what? What lecture hall? <laughs> I really completely forgotten. I guess nobody as uh, terrible as, as me, but perhaps we do forget sometimes. You do or not? Sometimes you are engrossed in some other business and you forget the main purpose of, of, your, 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 uh, of your goal that day. Did that happen to you sometimes? It does, huh? Okay, so now. And then, of course, I had to rush and apologize to the people. I, I feel really terrible. 
And I promise to God that, you know, if he make me lecture again, he must put alarm clock for me. <laughs> so from then on, you know, I always put alarm clock everywhere. And whenever the lecture, you know, I set it on everywhere so that I will remember in case I forget. <laughs> How can you forget a lecture? Oh, I even don't understand that. But that's what I did. So now, if we are here too long, one life, two life, hundred lives, then of course we forget even more what the purpose of our coming here. Some of the people, they uh, sometimes die. They die temporarily for like uh, a few minutes or twenty minutes even. Clinically dead, declared dead by the doctor, stop breathing, no pulse, etc. But then after they come back, they, they told many stories of uh, the other life beyond. And then they also remember why they came here for, what for they came to the earth. But many of them, most of them forget immediately what they, they have seen in heaven or what they're supposed to do in this life. They know that they have seen the purpose of their life, but when they came back here, they, they came back to this life again, they forgot. They just know that they know, but they don't know what. <laughs> the Chinese uh, have a saying that uh, before we are born into this world again, the king of uh, neither world will give us some soup, <laughs> kind of hot drink, maybe chocolate or something. <laughs> that is supposed to make us forget completely our past life and start anew. Many of us promise that we come here, if we are given the chance again to be human being, we will do this, do that and others, and we will go and practice and meditation and so on, so on, and then we get enlightened and then we dedicate all our life and energy to serve mankind, etc., etc. And we really meant well. But because of this soup, <laughs> this, uh, I'll say, uh, forget me not soup, or forget me soup, <laughs> everybody forget. So the only thing for us to remember again is that we must open the gate of secret knowledge. Without that gate open, we can never ever peep beyond this world. And the only thing we know is this material existence and all its suffering, joy, and temporarily other things. And we would forever identify ourselves with this physical appearance and suffering with it. But why? Why must we remember the purpose of our coming here? Not because we have promised to do so, but because if we don't remember, we must come back again and again and again until we remember, until we fulfilled 
our mission in this planet, and then we can go to higher existence or remember our original great position in in heaven or in nirvana. The suffering of this world is not due to only the war, it's not the war, it's not the catastrophe, it's not the lack of food and all this, but the suffering of this world comes from ignorance because we don't know our mission, our purpose. We mistaken the playground for home and overstay our due and sometimes suffer the cold danger outside the house. But even then, the Buddhas, God Almighty, always try to look for us, for the lost children, for the ones who love to play and forget to go home. Therefore, the Buddha sometimes come down, endure the suffering of the human existence, endure the humiliation of the petty physical life in order to find the lost children, to bring them back to safety before it's too late. Because any house, doesn't matter how solid is built, one day it must be demolished by itself or by some other uh, elements or some causes or have to rebuild a new one because it's too old. This world is a big house, very beautiful, very solid house but it's not permanent house. That's why the Buddhas, the saints, like Jesus, Muhammad, etc., they came down to us, extend their blessing to us. We walk one step, they walk hundred thousand steps to receive us and forgive our mistakes cleanse our past unwholesome actions and teach us the new kind of life, new beginning, or uh, better speaking, and lead us back to the original way of life, the way we must live, the way we should carry out our life. Because up to now, all the cells in our body, all the nerves in our system listened only to almost negative orders from our information center. That's why we have war. That's why we have assassination. That's why we have, let's say, 
competition at the cost of other people, jobs or business or wife or husband, because we do not have a positive information in our brain center to order our body to do good things. And the people who are good in this world are also sometimes or often overwhelmed also by the negativity, by the negative influence in the society, also become shaky in their faith, became weaker in their goodness, and sometimes eventually also give in to the negative power. So when we have only negative information in our brain, then of course we can only give our information, negative information or negative order. And the cell in the body, the nerves in the system, will also can follow only the negative order and then do negative things. That's why we have no peace in the world. That's why even up to now, brothers still killing each other. Even parents are killing their children for pleasure, for privacy, for individual freedom, for choice, etc. Not because they are bad, not because of this war maker or these parents bad, or the husband who killed the wife, or the wife killed the husband, or the brothers killing each other, not because they are bad, just because their brain are fed only with negative information, only with negative ideas, and that's what they carry out. Whatever the brain order, the cells comply. The cell have to do it. The body must function. And that's why we sink deeper and deeper into depression. And that's why our world is almost any time in danger of, I would say, disappearing from our own making. So the only thing to help us now is very logical, is that to feed us with positive information, to change our information stream every day. We must receive good information, positive information, constructive information, enlightened, wise information. And then from the brain, it will direct the cells, the nervous system, and everything will do only good, only peaceful, only wise, only constructive, positive things. And that's how we save the world. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how much peace talks, how much uh, money we spend on, on arms, uh, on the army, still we don't have secure, secure feeling. Look, one day, this country just finished the war, shake hands with each other, okay, we start new. And the next morning, we heard that the other country broke out in war. 
and then the United Nations run over there. And it's not yet finished. The other one, the other country, make war with the other country, over there, and then over here, over everywhere. <laughs> and it's already nearly 21st century, and we're supposed to be civilized, peaceful, loving, helping each other. And for all the technical invention, for all the wealth that we have discovered from the Mother Earth and from the universe, we could live a kingly life, all of us. But we still have poverty, war, suffering, just because we don't have enough positive information to feed our brain and our whole system with. That's all there is about enlightenment. Enlightenment is a way of positive life. It's a way of tapping into positive power, which is already existing within us. Because in the universe, there are two kinds of power, we call yin and yang, everybody know. Now we are living almost in yin. No positive, no yang, because we did not open that resource. This word is a negative word. So it is obviously that we have plenty of yin everywhere. And, and the negative or the yin is easily accessed, is more accessible to everyone except when we are wise enough to turn also into the positive department and draw therefrom something for us for everyday supply. Then we are balanced. Then we can do wonder to the world. And of course, there will be no more war, no more suffering. That's why we said earlier that the suffering in this world it's not due to any individual or nation. It's due to the ignorance of, of us, the earth people. Enlightenment is nothing new and nothing that we have to beg for, nothing mysterious. It's just the positive power that we have within ourselves, laying, sleeping, unused up to now. So if someone, to remind you where to look into, and how to use it, and that is called enlightenment. And that's why it can be immediate, because if you have something in your pocket or here, you can take it out right away. There's no need to go to the supermarket to buy it. That's why it's immediate. As long as you want to accept it, it will be right there. And I will show it to you that it is immediate. And you can use it right away. And you can see your life improve right away in the first days. Some, some people feel like they are born again right at the time of initiation. They're so joyful, they, they could just uh, go on the street and kiss everybody. Of course, I advise them not to do that. 
especially in Singapore. <laughs> it's just a way of expressing their joy, yes. And from then on, their light, their life become as light as feather, you know. They work without burden. They take care of the family with love and not with, with so much, uh, how to say, struggling. Huh? Most of family members often struggling with each other, also due to ignorance. <laughs> and so many people after enlightenment, they find their family became heaven. Yes. And if everyone like that, every family like that, then we don't need to go to heaven. Our planet will be preserved and then, because due to our positive power, we can also elevate the uh, vibration of the earth and make it become heaven-like. The only difference between heaven and this earth is the vibration, the frequency. The frequency of heaven is fast but smooth. The frequency of the physical world, such as our earth, is gross, is rough, uneven. That's why sometimes we have disaster, earthquake, and all kind of, uh, I'll say, eventful weather. Hmm? Of course, we can say it from weather forecasts, uh, the wind in the northeast, and the wind, something like that, and cause all this and that. But it is altogether due to the vibration of the whole planet and the atmosphere around it. In heaven, they don't have it. They don't have typhoon. They don't have earthquake. They don't even have earth. <laughs> they don't even have wind. <laughs> Everything is different. And the heavenly beings, their vibration also different. Because they are different, they have their vibration different. Therefore, heaven is different. So if our vibration is different, our life becomes different, even if we stay here. Of course, we cannot change the whole planet into heaven if the people of the earth are practicing only in a small number. But if the whole planet, or maybe even half of us, practice in such a way, then the, the vibration of the earth will also change. Then other half also will be benefited without having to do anything. Just like in one family, the father and mother goes to work. Yeah? And the whole family can benefit from his, uh, uh, their, the parents' salary. No need for the children also to go to work. They can later when they want to, when they grow up, as a duty to society, but not because of necessity. And of course, the more money they earn, the better for the family. Similarly, the more people practice into heavenly kind of life, and the more elevated our earth will become. At that time then, our house here is safe. Otherwise, it's not safe. As long as the frequency is so gross, is that we say that in English too? Gross? Yeah, rough, yeah, yeah. Then, then it's bound to happen that one day it will break apart or explode. We learn that the finer the things, yeah, the, the more invisible the thing, 
the more endure, endure, enduring. Similarly, yeah, our earth is too gross, <laughs> too heavy, so it's bound to happen sometimes that it will, uh, how say, destroy itself. If we do not destroy it before that, with our atom bombs, <laughs> with our environmental abuse, with our, I'll say, ignorance of the protection of the atmosphere around the, the earth. We sometimes poison ourselves with too much chemical, poison our earth, poison the water, and so it's about to happen that it cannot last. There's no need to be a, a clairvoyant person or, or predicting well like a Nostradamus or something to say that the, the world is not everlasting. We can predict it ourselves if we look around our neighborhood and see how we treated our planet and how wars have damaged each and every corner of the world, now and again. There is a story about two devils who live in a mountain. Actually, they're not devil. They're kind of semi, semi ghosts, yeah, demi goats, demi goat, gods or ghosts, perhaps, perhaps half angel and half goblin-like, yeah, okay. And they live together too. One is uh, green and the other is red, <laughs> just like the green light and red light outside. Okay. Green is for peaceful, smooth going, right? Red is for war, stop, obstruction. <laughs> so, but both of them live together happily ever after, <laughs> before, ever before, together on the mountain, and with no problem, no anxiety, no desire, nothing. They live for long, many, many hundreds of years already. And often when they have nothing to do, they sit on top of the mountain and look down uh, into the world below them, the world of humankind. And they saw all the busyness and the people walking up and down and all that. And they saw the world is always changing. So the, the uh, red, the green say to the red, hmm? uh, you see, we live here many hundred years already, and our life never changed. Every day the same thing. But the world below, the world of human being, every day change. How come? Mm. And the red said, Oh, yes, you're right. Mm, very interesting. Their life is more interesting. Uh, but the green said, But how come? How come their life is so changing all the time? And then the red thought for a while and said, Oh, it must be because they, they always fight each other. Yeah because they build a building beautiful and big, and next day they fight and they demolish it. <laughs> and then they build another one and then have war <laughs> and destroy again. And that's why the world always have something to do. That's why the world is always changing. So now, if our world here, the two of us, too peaceful, too boring, I think we have to start fighting with each other. <laughs> and that's what they think. That's what the red think. And the green say, no. No, fighting, we are good friends. 
We've been friends for many hundred years. How can we fight each other? But the rest say, if we don't fight, then we never have any change. Our life is always going on like this, and it's boring, and we don't make any progress. So let's fight. <laughs> so the green said, no, 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 I cannot do it. No, we are friends. But the red insists, say, from today, you are my enemy. That's it. Declare war right there and then. So, <laughs> and then he left. He don't live with the green anymore. He moved to the other side of the mountain and sat there alone, prepare for war. <laughs> and uh, the, the green uh, also stayed there in that corner of the mountain, felt so lonely and miserable. He missed the other devil, uh, the goblin, <laughs> demigod. <laughs> demigod. So he was um, feeling very miserable, you know. And you know the, the goblin, the kind of uh, and Dimi, Dimi angel, they, they have magical power. Hmm. Apart from can fly, yeah, can uh, make uh, things uh, appear by themselves, can see very far, uh, can hear very far. They also have a long nose, which can, <laughs> which can uh, stretch uh, to uh, as a no limit. So the green, uh, the, uh, green goblin sat there one day and feeling very bored. And suddenly he noticed in the world of human below, there's something shining, flashing, shining all the time. So he was curious, huh? He was curious. And uh, he, he used his nose. <laughs> he made his nose long. He said, grow longer, grow longer, grow longer. And then the nose keep growing long, 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 and then pierce into the world below where the shining and flashing is uh, happening. And then the shining and uh, flashing came from the clothes of the princess of that city. And it happened that the servants were hanging her clothes outside to, uh, to air it. Yeah. And her clothes have a gold, gold thread. So it, and also some jewelry yeah, studded with diamond, rubies, and etc., etc. So it's glittering in the sun. That's why it was shining and flashing. So now the, the servants say to each other, Oh, her clothes are so beautiful, but so many, now we don't have enough bamboo pole to hang. What to do? At that moment, the nose of the devil, the, the goblin, just arrived on time. <coughs> Did you hear this story before? No? Oh, I'm glad. <clears throat> so and then the, the servant thought, Oh, we have a long bamboo, enough to hang all the rest of the clothes on it. So they put the rest of the clothes of the princess on this green pole, and then happy went inside. Uh, eat some chapatis. Mm. So now, <clears throat> the the... <laughs> The goblin, the green goblin, suddenly fell so heavy on his nose, so he was scared. <laughs> he immediately, you know, pulled his nose back to the normal size. And then there come all a bundle of glittering clothes at his feet. And he was thinking, oh, oh, must be a lucky day. <laughs> so he tried on, and beautifully it looked, yeah. So he was proud and marching around himself alone. 
And then it happened that the, the red came over. He wanted to start a fight, to progress. <laughs> but then the, the green said, look here, I have some new clothes, beautiful. Uh, and I saved some for you, half of them for you. And the red was looking with contempt, saying, look, I don't wear these kind of ridiculous things. Only crazy people do, like you. He wanted to start a fight, so he talked every nonsense. But the green is always green, so it's very cool. So he don't pick on it. He said, okay, okay, fine. If you don't wear them, I do no harm, leave them there. It's all right. So the red don't know what else to do. So he went home. But actually he was very, very jealous of the green. And so he tried to get some clothes for himself. <laughs> so now he also put his nose very long <laughs> down into the palace and waiting for some clothes to be hang on. But it happened that the samurai at that time there practicing <laughs> swords together. And when they saw such a long thing coming, they said to each other, what's that? And the other said, ah, it must be the new invention of the enemy trying to attack us. Let's kill it first. <laughs> oh, okay, then pack with the world, this world. And so the, suddenly the red feels so sharp pain and immediately he pulled back his nose to the normal size. And then here it bled and he, he cried and cried so much. And then the green heard his crying and came over. Say, what happened? What happened? And the red was so embarrassed and angry and cannot say what the truth is. So he said, leave me alone. <laughs> and thing like that. Uh, you don't bother me. And so the queen said, no, I don't bother you, I just want to try to help you. It's bleeding, look here, I know the medicine, and I put it on, it will stop right away, and your nose will become beautiful like before, otherwise you have a big scar here, a big hole there, and then it should be very ugly. I just want to take care of you. And so the red, after all, you know, feel a touch and say, all right, all right. And then he cried his heart out, he said, oh, it's really hurt. Please, quickly, quickly, <laughs> help me, <laughs> make it better, quickly. Yeah. And then from then on, of course, they make peace together because he had enough with fighting. <laughs> he thought, okay, fighting is no good. <laughs> he learned the lesson of peace. Yeah. From then on, they wear nice clothes and drink tea together every day. And no more war. But our world has not learned this lesson of love. And it is a sad affair. So now, instead of always writing on the newspaper, criticizing the government of this and that country, scolding this and that dictator, or telling the, the army what to do, because it has not been any use up to now. So instead of doing all this, or uh, apart from doing all this, still we have to find a way out for ourselves before it's too late. <laughs> and the only way out is the so-called enlightenment. And enlightenment is only getting back the positive information that we badly lack. And it's right there. <laughs> because it's already there. It's just that we didn't use it. When we, born in, we are born into this world, everyone 
must take care of the immediate needs such as cold, hunger, uh, or environmental infection, etc., etc. Therefore, the immediate reaction from birth or since childhood is all this material comfort, all this physical need. And that is why we don't have the, the, the chance to remember the positive information that we must have in order to, to, to uh, survive, in order to be wise and to fulfill our duty better in this world. You see why we forget? You see why we don't have it? You see why we have it but we don't use it? Just because immediately this world overwhelms us with physical threat. So that the immediate reaction from us is that to protect ourselves, the body, see? Feeding, <laughs> drinking, clothing it, building house, buying more blankets, yeah, and getting a big car so that we can move around, building a big road so that we can drive the car on, etc., etc. All this physical necessity immediately from birth overwhelm us and take all our time up. And that's why it became a habit to us to preoccupy ourselves with physical needs alone. And that's why we forget further and further, more and more about our other positive side of nature. And that's the only secret. Does it make sense to you? Okay, thank you. Mm. <laughs> So now I have, uh, in brief and in a logic, <laughs> explained to you or remind you what is truly enlightenment. And there's no mystery about it, <laughs> just the positive side of our nature. And we have both inside. Up to now we, we, we only use the negative because of the necessity of this negative world force us to always have to, to, to lean on the negative side to survive. And then the more we do it, the more we forget the other side, that's all. But that is the thing that we should not do. Because without the positive, we can't even take care of the negative well. Without the driver, you know what I mean, the car, doesn't matter how good you take care, it will not move. And it will move all wrong way around, killing people if it does. So now the driver must wake up. Hmm? I wake him up and tell him to drive the car, drive properly. And that is all there is for enlightenment. Uh, because the time is uh, late due to your working hours and uh, regulation of this uh, theater, so I will not go on and on anymore. <laughs> and perhaps you want to ask me some questions, then please do. And then I can continue further to uh, uh, satisfy your your, your, I say, inquiry, inquiry. Will I be liberated if I practice the Kuan Yin method? Of course. What else do you practice the Kuan Yin method for? Huh? <laughs> Not only you are liberated, many of your generation, of, of your relatives and friends will also together be liberated when they leave this world or if they already left this world. 
the power is is uh, is how uh, say incredible. Master, you said that you can show us immediate enlightenment. How can I get initiation? When can I be initiated? Immediately after I finish my job here, <laughs> you go outside and put your name down, and later people will call you. And when I am free here, I go and tell you, okay? And immediately, I mean it. As soon as you sat down, <laughs> I will knock you out <laughs> of ignorance, of course. <laughs> yes, be, be quick, huh, brother? Master, I understand that there's a method called a convenient method. Is it the same as the Kuan Yin method? Mm, not exactly, but it offers you also um, a taste of uh, enlightenment. And you can continue to practice that every day without such a strict uh, a regulation as a, a pure vegetarian diet or <laughs> a two and a half hour a day, thing like that. You can meditate half an hour every day or one hour apart, you know, or 20 minutes, whatever you like, and eat the vegetarian diet as conveniently as you, your per, uh, position or your situation allows. So that's why we call it convenient method. And you also have enlightenment, but uh, it's a small kind of a vehicle. You can only liberate yourself alone. And the Guan Yin method will liberate many of your relatives and friends, up to seven or even nine generations, the people you don't even know, your ancestors, etc., and your next uh, generation. The, the, your, your grand-grandchildren are not yet born, etc. Because of the blood link, they will also be free. Master, when, when I'm the host and I have to take some friends out for lunch or dinner, and they are not vegetarians, should I order all vegetarian dishes to eat, as I'm the only vegetarian? No, no. You order what the guests want to eat. We don't, we don't uh, say impose our lifestyle on other people and impeding their freedom. It's their choice, okay? Master. If they want to, if you ask them if they want to try vegetarian also, fine. If they agree, if they're happy with it, just tell them once in a while you try, if you like it, okay, fine. If they don't, then you don't do it. <laughs> Master, after initiation, can I still continue to repeat the Guru Mantra, Shiva Mantra and so on and visualize the divine form of my religion? which I'm used to for the past 15 years. Sure, you can. You can, but I'm afraid <laughs> I have too many, and then you will take the whole day long to recite. <laughs> Master, please advise me how to access to the first level of the kingdom of God, or what must I do to start? The first level only? Your arm is so low? Huh? Why don't you go to the fifth, at least, with me? There... <laughs> It's almost empty because nobody <laughs> goes there. <laughs> uh, plenty room there. Singapore is tight. We go there for a change. Huh? <laughs> a lot of palaces. No traffic light. No jam. <laughs> All right, the first level is nothing to aim for, brothers. There's only astral beings who live there. Only small heaven and hell. There is only magical power, small healing ability, small clairvoyance uh, talent. That's all there is. And you may live there hundreds or thousands of years, but you come back here again 
and who knows where you will be and what you become. So why go to the first level? First level is as unsafe as this world. Yeah? Don't aim to go there. That's only the A, the ABC of everything. We started from there, but we don't go there. We don't stay there. Master, in the first precept of no killing, if a snake is to enter my house, should I kill it in order to protect my family? <laughs> you don't have snake in Singapore. Don't give me trouble. <laughs> have enough uh, land for people to live, where can this poor snake uh, reside? <laughs> but anyhow, <laughs> you don't have to kill. You can give him a bag of a, a, a cloth bag and he'll happily crawl into it. And you set him outside somewhere else in the bush or something and he'll be happy. Hmm? But if you must, of course you can do it. But then you pay. You can do anything you want in this world, just as you must pay. Not in monetary way, it's, it's in karma, see? You kill him, and later you'll probably be wounded somewhere, or have severe headache, or your arm suddenly gone, how say, paralyzed, anything like that. You pay, maybe temporarily or maybe long term, it depends on how great the, the, the things that you have done, how much you took from the physical treasure of the Lord of this creation. The more you take, the more you pay. The less you take, the less you pay. That's why I advise the, the vegetarian diet, because it's the less expensive. <laughs> you know, even though animal life, uh, a vegetable life also have life, but it doesn't cost so much karma, doesn't uh, burden you too much, you see. Not that vegetable you don't pay. I don't mean the market price. <laughs> I mean to the Lord of creation. The Lord of creation is uh, below the Almighty God. But if you cannot, if you did not pay to the Lord of creation, you cannot go to the Almighty. That's the problem. Hmm? Master, why do we have karma? Who determines what is good or bad karma? I just told you right now. Huh? Okay, the karma came from our action. That's just the, the the consequence of our action. Just like, for example, very easily. Now, if I slap this man in the front, what happened? He slapped me back, and that's the karma. <laughs> you see? <laughs> All right. <sighs> Master, can you explain the initiation of uh, of Please. the quantum method? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. You explain? No, no. Can, can you explain? You know it. <laughs> Master, if I cannot take up initiation... What? You don't explain to people? <laughs> okay. Like this. Initiation, huh? It's kind of invisible, opening, wisdom, ceremony. <laughs> No flowers, no incense, no prostration, no Buddha status, no church, nothing. Only you and your own positive or original power. Now, when you sit there all alone, then I will point to your soul where to go in order to get back the positive and negative together.
Understand? Now you are separated. You always lean onto the negative side for survival. Now, when you sit alone there and ready, willing to go back, okay? <laughs> I just put you back, okay? But don't, no action involved. These things are abstract, are the wonderful things of invisible power. There's no doing of anything. Do without doing. I don't have to be there even. I don't have to even know your name, your address, your age, your profession. I don't have to know you. I mean, physically. Inside, no, yes. Therefore, the initiation is just that you sit there <laughs> and get back your positive side. Oh, you know, like our balance, that you always lean on the negative like that, right? Okay, now tick, come back, and then you balance, that's it. And then you know that you are enlightened because you see the light, you receive the teaching from heaven through melody. It's not by Singlish, it's not by Chinese, it's wordless word, silent sound. These will make you wiser, wiser, and more and more realize that you are great and you are the master of the house. Yeah? That's the initiation. Okay? But no word can describe that because I will not talk to you at that time. I might not even be present because you will be alone with the whole universe then, you know? And that's how you know yourself, okay? It's difficult to uh, try to understand. Huh? If you don't just go for initiation, then you understand. <laughs> Master, after enlightenment, can we still get sick? Sure. <laughs> Look here, I have a cold. <coughs> I'm supposed to rest. I had a flu. Thanks for some of the friends who gave it to me. <laughs> and I was weak because I overworked. A lot of time, often time, because of many disciples and demands from the world. So, of course, my body is like yours, or your body is like his, yeah? If you're weak in resistance, overwork, overwork your car, then it, it will stop, <laughs> you get sick. That's the same, the car will get sick, whether is it Benz or is it, uh, you know, Cadillac, it sometimes gets sick, but that's a normal thing. Why should we avoid sickness? It's no big deal. Hmm? If I wasn't sick in these days, I could not have enjoyed two days in bed. <laughs> so that's a bonus. It's not bad. <laughs> and all the people loved me so much. Wow, wow, I'm sick. <laughs> and they feel a concern, you know. And that's an enjoyment also, okay? No problem to be sick. The Buddha was sick, wasn't he not? Yeah? Yeah, sure. Sickness, no big deal. Master. If I cannot take up initiation now, when would you come back to Singapore? Oh, oh. I come back all the time in your dream. <laughs> but you forget. <laughs> Try to wake you up, but you don't listen. And after you wake up, you forget again. So there's also for nothing. So I have to come here <laughs> physically, and you still forget. <laughs> it's a if, maybe, perhaps, probably. Let me think about it, all right, then think. You have many centuries to come to think, okay? If you're not here, you'll be in other words, thinking. <laughs> ah, difficult to promise you, even though I like Singapore. The only reason I came here this time was because it's near to Thailand and I already promised Thailand and, and <laughs> just in the mood of, you know, ongoing, I promised Singapore also. Otherwise, I could not really afford it. 
There are about 40 countries on a long waiting list since many years, and I'm ashamed to even to, to, to face them. But I have physical limitation, also financial, and also organizational, uh, you know, involved, a lot of things. See, not that just I come here and then everything fall from heaven and then I just sit here and talk. Even I myself, I have to prepare for you. I never read newspapers or books, but when I'm in, going on lecture, uh, before, you know, I don't care much. After enlightenment, I don't care much. But then I have, after beginning having disciples, and the more disciples, then I must read books and all that. I have to get in touch with the world in order to talk to the world people. So last night, all night long, I read. I did not sleep one second until about five or six this morning, and I finished reading the whole Singapore and all kind of regional <laughs> worldly problems <laughs> and books, and then I went meditate. Even with my flu, all sort of medicine, it made me so drowsy. I had to fight with it in order to make a better service today. Of course, I can just sit here and say anything. I could say that. But it's not sincere enough in the worldly level, and it might not reach your heart so deeply. So I must also prepare. You see? So it is not that uh, I don't want to come back. It involves a lot of work. <laughs> At least uh, hundreds of disciples involved in this work <laughs> and prepare for us today. So we must thank them. Of course we thank God. <laughs> Uh, so Singapore, huh? I did not really prepare to go to Singapore this time. It's just, I don't know what, what this Singapore do that it happened to be that I say yes this time. Otherwise, um, it's not that I don't like Singapore. <laughs> also, also, the one, one reason I come here, you know why? Huh? Good government. Yeah, truly. I don't say that to make you feel good. <laughs> Why good government? They give me easy access. I can come go anytime. No visa problem, no big deal, no check-in. No check-in, no check-out. And when I come to lecture, I don't even have to spend one photograph. No personal data, nothing. And all the disciples do it. And the Malaysia also asked me to go. But they asked me for so many feel informed that I say, forget it, sorry. You come to Singapore and listen. That's how it is. Really? Uh, any Malaysian people here? <laughs> ah, is that true what I said? Yes, now you know, huh? Now you know, okay. So, I cannot promise you, forgive me. The truth is like that. But because Singapore is so easy, it could be that I come more often, see? I also did three lectures in Thailand, also because I like Thailand, because uh, there is also free, easy. Yeah? Mm. In some of the country, uh, you can go, but I hate bureaucracy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate paperwork. Yeah, I, I don't like it. So when I hear about it, I'm frightened, because I travel all over all the time, always from feeling visa in, visa out, pack in, pack out, I'm already dead tired of bureaucracy. 
and sometimes check in in the airport, searching all over for something that they can never find <laughs> in me. <laughs> the thing they want to find, they should find in me, they don't find. <laughs> Anyhow, so I, I am tired of the bureaucracy. So anytime when I can avoid it, you know, when I can avoid, anytime I can avoid paperwork, I just say no. And I say, Singapore or Malaysia very near. Why don't you just come here? That's it. Am I fair enough, right? Yeah? Mm. <coughs> Master, <coughs> yeah? how would a person know that he's enlightened? Oh, if a person ha has a child, how does he know? <laughs> Do you know that that daughter belongs to you or not? Or you don't know? <laughs> Okay, fun. <laughs> Master, why am I born? Ah, how do I know? <laughs> it's your business and you ask me, funny. Okay, mm -hmm. you can know if you get enlightenment. Huh? Just go get initiation and then all the answer will be there. No need to ask me. Secondhand stuff is never good enough for you, the sons of God. Huh? The sons and daughters of Buddha must know everything, first-hand knowledge. Master. <laughs> Master, why are there so many religions in this world? And there's only one, really. Different names. Yeah. If you take time, if you don't believe me, if you take time, study all the religion together, compare them all, and then you know what I mean. Just because people don't study other religion, which is also good, fine, be concentrated on your religion. If you know one religion, it's enough, because it's similar in other religion. Tell people to do good, don't kill, don't steal, don't huh? worship God, or Buddha is just a name. Yeah, and no religion teach people to do bad things, huh? or stay here forever and eat and drink and die here. Huh? <laughs> All religion tell you, be good person here and find heaven while you can, right? And everything else is just blah, blah, you know, bureaucracy and detail. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Master, you talk about knowing the way home. Where is this home? Where is heaven and hell? Here. Everything is here. But if you don't know, Everything is everywhere. <laughs> everywhere is hell. Everywhere is heaven. If you know, then it's heaven. If you don't know, it's hell. That's it. Simple. Mm. Master, beyond our world, there are many levels. May I know which level is Jesus Christ on? Ha! <laughs> you get me into trouble. I don't mind other people's business. <laughs> Okay, anyhow, you, you want to, 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 to get every information free of charge. Now get to work, okay? <laughs> and, and get paid yourself. Huh? Go to get meditation, and then you see Jesus yourself. Talk to Him the way I talk to you right now. And that's the way it is. You should know everything firsthand because you are the children of God. You don't know how great you are, so you must know. Hmm? Okay, Jesus, oh God. <laughs> Master. Jesus, how can I tell you? 
Uh, but I can only promise you that you can see him. After initiation, you practice. Some people see him right away at the time of initiation. Soon as I sit down, as soon as I say, now I begin, that's it. Then Jesus come to them, or Buddha come. Sometimes funny, they both play tricks on us. <laughs> Jesus come to the Buddhist, <laughs> and Buddha comes to the Catholic. Yeah, yeah, they have fun. They do that. <laughs> they do that all the time. <laughs> So at that time, you can ask him, what is your level, by the way, you know? <laughs> and I, I, will show all, I, I will always show you the way to prove him also, whether he's true, he's truly Jesus, or he's just an illusion yeah, of your dream, of uh, negative power. Uh, therefore, uh, we need uh, instruction from the teacher. Verbal instruction doesn't mean enlightenment. After verbal instruction, and you sit quietly, do nothing, and I do nothing, that is the time when you get enlightenment, not by talking, okay? Right. Master, will I be able to find my dead relative and communicate with him if I practice the Kuan Yin meditation? Dead relatives? Yeah, dead relatives. Oh, sure, sure. But I'm afraid to maybe... You don't like to go there. Some of your people difficult to get in touch with. Yeah? If you want to go to such place, you need a master, otherwise you'll be in danger. Yeah. So it's not always good to see dead relatives, huh? Now you practice Kwaning method, uh, and some of your relatives, dead relatives, will be immediately uh, I'll say, released from whatever suffering they have. If they're already in heaven, they will go to a higher level of heaven. If they suffer uh, light, you know, light punishment, they can go immediately, quick. If it's too heavy, then <laughs> we have to negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Then the master must negotiate or have to suffer for that person. But it won't be too long, you know. For example, if that person has to suffer for a thousand years, and the master won't have to suffer a thousand years, just maybe a few hours, or sometimes a few seconds, sometimes a few minutes, sometimes prolonged, but uh, not, not big deal sickness, thing like that. So it's not always uh, ideal to see your dead relative. Huh? It's better to see... <laughs> A life relatives and, <laughs> and encourage them <laughs> before they're dead, okay? Love them, serve them, encourage them before they're dead. Huh? <laughs> <coughs> but you can see them, you can see them. Many of our practitioners see their dead relatives and friends coming to thank them that due to them they're liberated. That is no big deal, no big deal. Hmm? Master, one of the five precepts is refrain from sexual misconduct. How does this apply to singles? How does what? How does this apply to people who are not married? Oh, oh, oh. No, no. What we meant is that if you, you should be faithful to each other, yeah? But in the case of uh, some of the uh, other religious uh, order, yeah, they uh, may, due to their 
you know, tradition, have many wives, and they already had before initiation, then that doesn't mean they have to separate, you know, and take only one. But in the general case, uh, we tell people to refrain from having too many tithes. Because if you have one wife, I think you suffer enough. Oh, sorry, I mean, ah, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. What I mean is the suffering in, uh, how is it, in the heart affair is very heavy for the wife or the husband to bear. And that you don't want to cause to other people, you know, let alone your beloved friend or the mother or father of your children. So that's why we say refrain from having another affair if you are already married. But if you already have before initiation, it's just keep it like that. And better don't let the, each, the other two know each other. Uh, minimize the suffering. The, 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 the less suffering, the better. Yeah? Because it will affect you also. You will have bad conscience, a guilty feeling. How can you meditate in peace? When you meditate, you want to think about God. All you think about is the, 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 the second or the third wife. Yeah, how she, how she, she wanted to beat you last night because you came late, etc., etc. <laughs> or you buy a better clothes for the other one, etc. Ah, yeah, so much trouble. Hmm. It hurts. That's why. Okay. Yeah. That's that is called sexual misconduct. Yeah. But in the case of people who are not yet married, uh, of course, in the modern time, <laughs> I cannot uh, uh, tell people don't don't, don't do, do that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Then try to be faithful to each other. Yeah? It's good for the heart, yeah? good for your moral, and good for the trust, motor, mutual trust between each other, and especially good for your health. You know nowadays, huh? You read newspaper more than I do, huh? The letters spell very big, huh? You know, huh? Should I say more? Hmm? More and more people die from, from AIDS each day. So take care of yourself. Master, is it necessary to have a quiet environment to pursue spiritual practice? Yes, yes, yes. In the beginning, yes. But later, no. That's why uh, uh, later sometimes we need. That's why sometimes we organize retreat for one week or two weeks or four days, three days, uh, every year, a different time. So people have a chance to have a peaceful, quiet, only practice meditation environment. Uh, but otherwise, you must go out into the society, bring in the light and the blessing into our brothers and sisters. You cannot always hide yourself in the mountain and become a selfish Buddha. Master, will dreams of future events come true? Can we change the future? Yes, sometimes we can, hmm? if we are strong enough. And if you want to be strong enough, meditate. Get your Buddha power out, <laughs> then you can change anything. Otherwise, the future will change you. Huh? Master, can you explain the Kuan Yin method in Chinese? Why? Mm. Now I'm speaking English so smoothly, suddenly I have to speak Chinese. Uh. 这个嘛，你出去外面问我徒弟就可以了啊。多少人不懂英文，举手给我看一下，然后我就就解释了。OK OK，好了好了，就这样子了。
就观音法门是这样子哈，是不是一个写下来的法门呢？就是这样子要说法门，不然的话不知道怎么解释给那个那个世界人听啊。事实上，这个法门是不用语言的。比方说，要传法给你们的时候，要你们开悟的时候，我们两个就静静的，然后自然呢、啊，这个我们两个内在的佛心会沟通，然后在自己会反应这样子。那就是叫观音法门，在反应的时候，我们就会听到佛音啊，就像音乐一样很美丽、啊。我们越听越舒服，越听身体越快乐，精神越充满，呃，越来越越有智慧，越聪明，越来越越懂啊，然后越来越知道我们是佛这样啊。那个所以叫观音，观观察这个音，这个什么里面的那个音乐了、啊，音流了、啊，佛音，就所以才叫观音。事实上，传法的时候都不讲话的。嗯，也许我会叫你怎么做，在在哪里，这做要停一点，我是这样子。不过这些不是不是开悟的方法，听懂吗？就是一种，呃呃，身体的活动这样而已哈。所以观音法门，呃，要真的修行的话，应该开悟的时候才知道哈。就用语言呢、啊，很难讲啊。就是我帮你们开智慧就对了，然后这个佛性，那个那个所谓的佛教说凡。凡内找自心呢、啊，闻自心呢、啊，记得吗？啊，那个就是观音了。嗯，好，谢谢啦。Master, if the Guanyin method can help me evade reincarnation, how about my karma in my past lives? Oh, I burn it. I throw it in the dustbin and set fire to it. Finished. Okay, it's like computer. You know where karma come from? Come from from your reaction and action and reaction, of course. But where it come from? It's stored in your subconsciousness. There's a button. I just push it, and it's gone. Okay, it's like your computer, huh? Or your record player. You can play it, you can record it, or you can erase it. Just know how, huh? <laughs> Master, is it necessary to meditate two and a half hours every day? What if someone cannot meditate two and a half hours, maybe one hour or less? Is it all right? Then you die. Sooner or later. <laughs> two and a half hours is a required minimum to cover all our expenses. Huh? It's only one-tenth of the day. Twenty-four hours we devote for the world. <laughs> only two hours for ourselves. <laughs> Isn't that enough? Hmm? Actually, you should meditate more, but because of the busy schedule of this world, two and a half hours is fine. You can do it any time. Sitting on the bus, on the subway, eh? you don't have subway here, huh? sorry. Or sit on the airplane, sit in the park, or sit in the bathroom. Anywhere you can meditate. And you can add it up, you know, all day. Not that you have to sit straight two and a half hour but later you can later you can sit sometime all night you don't feel anything you feel like just one second yeah and sometimes you miss <laughs> you miss the bus stop <laughs> so make sure <laughs> make sure you know where to get off huh? <laughs> it's so easy you don't believe it you cannot believe it so easy children uh, children can meditate long hour six two, six years old on sometimes they sit very long nobody force them Children should 
spend sometimes 10 minutes, 20 minutes only for fun with the parents. Of course, they also have enlightenment then, but we don't force them to meditate too long because they're children. But sometimes they sit longer than the parents because they have nothing to do. <laughs> they're free. Master, I started practicing meditation in 1975. Since then, I have some minor magical power like healing, foretelling, or even look into the future of my relatives. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I read about the Buddha sound in your book. Then I started hearing sounds like E sound. Mm. May I know why? Mm. You are enlightened. One percent. You need ninety-nine percent more <laughs> to become Buddha. <laughs> okay, this is the, the moment of small enlightenment. We get it sometimes through very strong concentration or through intense suffering. And then we get some quick light. Also like people who die, you know, temporarily, they saw light and they hear music and sound like that. But this is very small percent. I, I say one percent is very generous. I don't want to hurt your feeling. <laughs> Otherwise, this is nothing, really, nothing compared to what you will have or what you should have if you have a proper, uh, I'll say, way to, to do it, okay? And you have every day, more and more. You go from one heaven to another, you travel the universe, you're free any day. Hmm? Master, usually we have to take how long to get enlightenment? May I know uh, what does it depend on? How long do we need to get enlightenment? Oh, depends on many things. First, depends on the proper meditation method. For example, our brother just now, he, he also meditate, but in different, different ways, you see, yes. And it depends on your teacher whether that person is capable <laughs> to lead you to enlightenment. Never mind talking about long or short. <laughs> If you get a good teacher, you get immediate enlightenment. If you don't get a good teacher, I don't know how long. Hmm? Very, very long, many lifetimes. Uh, also, enlightenment depends on your sincerity, hmm? if you want it or not. If you do want it and you get it immediately. If you don't want it, doesn't matter how much you pretend, how long you sit there until your bottom falls off, you don't have anything. <laughs> <clears throat> Master, uh, would meditation lead us to getting possessed? Possessed by the devil? Possession? Beca because of meditation? Yeah, because of meditation. Uh, it depends. It depends. If you meditate at random without a teacher, yeah, or you choose the wrong way to do it, or you deliberately uh, meditate but breaking the precepts, eating wrong food, or harming other people, then the counter-effect will be felt upon you. And this is when you allow the so-called devil to come in to destroy you and trouble you. This is only the negative side of other nature. When we, we don't want to lean, we don't stand stably and we keep like this, you know, then it will, it will pull you back to the negative side again. And at that time it's stronger, it's harder because it lost you last time. Now it tightens the grip more and it's difficult for you to struggle out. Hmm? So that's why, huh? I don't want to just uh, take a lot of uh, so-called disciples so that I am famous and have a big uh, group of followers. 
You must keep the precept. You must eat vegetarian diet. Understand? Purify yourself. Meanwhile, while meditating, so you don't have side effect, you don't have trouble. Hmm? And I am responsible for whatever happened to you if you keep the precept and follow the instruction. So nothing can happen to you. But if you don't, even God cannot help you. Hmm? Okay? Master, I am a sinner. Can I be enlightened? I am a sinner. Can a I sinner? Be? Sinner, sinner. Oh. He commits sins. Ah. Oh. Who is not a sinner? Please raise hand. <laughs> oh. hmm? <laughs> Who is a sinner? Please raise hand. <laughs> Me also included. Okay? <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. No one is a sinner. We just ignorant. We have not been touched the way of the saint. We have been only taught to survive in this world, how to eat, how to clothe, how to, to look after this physical vehicle. That's all we have been taught up to now. All the education has also leading to that end, so that you can have a good job, huh? right? We have not been taught the wise way, the holy way. So now is the time. <laughs> no problem. We did think we don't know. How can we be sinner? If the child is not taught and he make mistake, how can he be blamed? Blame God. Eh? He didn't send you a teacher soon enough. His fault. Hmm? <laughs> By the way, uh, the people who want to be initiated can leave now and go outside and register your name. You don't have to sit here and listen to the, the, the question and answer. You can ask me other time. Hmm. Master. How do we get an immediate enlightenment and internal liberation while we have to be anxious and to work to make money? Enlightenment is a, a, an incredible thing that ever happened to your existence. It will lighten every burden that you have to carry every day. It will get rid of all the obstacles in your way. It will carry you when you down and sick. It will bless you whenever you are in trouble and danger. And you will feel like that you are always in the lap of a mother, so you don't worry. All right, no more? Thank you, Master. Shall we take this opportunity to, to put our hands together to thank Master? Oh, no need. <laughs> Okay, I thank you all for your loving attention and for your trust, your love, your friendship. And I wish you all the best things. I wish your country all the best things and develop more and more, stronger and stronger, and more and more respect of the whole world and the universe. And I wish you, most of all, enlightenment. If not sooner, then later. Okay. Uh, Master, there are more than 10,000 people outside waiting to see you. How come? Oh, okay. Now I have to go out and show myself <laughs> on the chair again. <laughs> uh. All right, huh? I have to go out outside. <laughs> 10,000 okay. people outside.